Hey friends, before we jump into the episode, I wanted to let you know that this episode is actually from our archives all the way back from 2017. You know, life happens. In the last couple weeks, my son's been sick and I've been with him in the hospital. He is all right. Everything is fine. But because of my time away, I didn't have an opportunity to create a new episode for you for this week. So I hopped into our Facebook group and overwhelmingly, the response was that you wanted to hear a replay of a home episode and this is one of my favorites. So I hope that you enjoy this episode from our archives and next week we will be back with a new episode. Hello and welcome to Your Life Rocks, the podcast that equips working Christian moms to create balance, clear chaos, and reach goals in all areas of your life. My name is Jenny Stemmerman, your host and fellow working mom. I am so glad that you are here to hang out with me today. This is episode 96 of the Your Life Rocks podcast, and today we're talking all about home organization, but specifically, we're talking about the paper, the paper problem. We all have a ton of paper that comes into our homes, whether it's through mail, through kids' backpacks, things we bring home from work, and so much more, and it can get very overwhelming. Now, we have a great guest today. She's a personal organizer, and she's going to walk us through some systems on how we can control all of that paper in our house. You're not going to want to miss the tips that she has. But before we get into all of that, I want to thank our sponsor for this episode, which is Life Balance Membership. Now, Life Balance Membership is part of your Life Rocks. It is my personal system on how to create more balance in your life, plus so much more. And I just wanna thank all of our members of Life Balance because as a member of Life Balance, not only are you getting the systems, you're getting the tools, worksheets, printables, all kinds of great resources to help you create more balance in your life, to help you move forward in all eight areas of your life, but you're also helping to support this podcast. Now we're getting really close to episode 100 and I am so excited to be celebrating that with all of you. We have some fun things planned. So if you haven't yet hit subscribe to this podcast, make sure you do. Now, if this is your first time tuning into this podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you have found us. This is the podcast for Christian working moms. It is truly my heart that we provide you with resources to help you balance it all, to help you clear the chaos. So when we talk about all of the rocks that are in your life, those main areas of your life, we're talking about your faith, marriage, parenting, career, health, home, finances, and lastly, friends and fun. You can find resources for all of those areas on this show as well as in our Life Balance membership. All right, you guys, I know you are going to love this interview. I certainly did, and I've gotten so much value from our guest because she's also a fellow podcaster. I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Lisa Woldruff. She's a home organizing expert, productivity specialist, and author of The Mindset of Organization, Take Back Your House One Phase at a Time, and How ADHD Affects Home Organization. Now, Lisa believes organization is not a skill you are born with. It is a skill that is developed over time and changes with each season of life, and I feel the same way about life balance. Now, Lisa has helped thousands of women reclaim their homes and finally get organized with her practical tips, encouragement, and humor through her blog and podcast at organize365.com. Now, everything that Lisa is going to be sharing in this episode 
fits so perfectly with our free course called Weekly Success Planning. And you can sign up for that at weeklysuccessplanning.com. All of the stuff you're gonna learn in that free course, plus everything Lisa's gonna share here, will help to give you a head start at helping to clear some of that chaos from your life. So without further ado, let's jump right on into my interview with Lisa. Lisa, welcome to the Your Life Rocks podcast. I am beyond excited to be talking to you today. Thank you, Jenny. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my goodness. So before we jump into all of the goodness that I know you have to share with our audience, tell us a little bit more about who you are. Well, I'm a wife and mom. I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm 45 years old and I love to squeeze every ounce of productivity out of my day that I can. I love that. (laughs) We are like soul sisters on that, as well as so many people who are listening to the show. I mean, they're all working moms. And so productivity is kind of 101 around here. And I know that you're here today to talk to us a little bit about paper and organization, which is kind of crazy. So I'm really excited to be diving into this topic with you. But before we get into all of that, you know, one of the things that we do here at Your Life Rocks, really the whole purpose of this podcast is to help working moms create more balance in their life. And so with you and your family and your kids and your business and everything that you have going on, talk to me a little bit about balance. What does balance mean to you? You know, I get migraines, a lot of them a month. And I think I have self-inflicted over 100 migraines in the last decade trying to find the perfect balance, the perfect work-life balance, the perfect parenting-marriage balance, the perfect spending-saving balance. Like I'm always trying to find this perfect balance. And a couple of things I've noticed is, number one, there is no such thing as perfect. Like we are never going to achieve perfection in anything, even for like a minute. Amen. And number two, balance is boring. Like every time I would get the budget balanced and we had money in savings and money in wherever, like then the challenge was gone and I was bored. Or when I had my schedule perfectly planned out, I would self-sabotage myself because the fun comes in the spontaneity and the overcoming problems and working through just life and being unbalanced and passionately going after your dreams and then taking time to reflect and rest and enjoy in what you have accomplished. So I now try to make sure that I live life with no regrets. So if something happens and say I need to take care of my kids and I also have a work engagement, then I think 10 years from now, Will I regret having given up that work opportunity to take care of my kids or vice versa? I want to live life with no regrets, but not in balance. That is funny. I was really trying to bite my tongue not to laugh when you said balance is boring. (laughs) Because that is what we are all about here on the show is helping women live more intentionally. And I think it's just the way that we use our words, right? Because from what I heard you saying, it really was being intentional about what you want from life, which... To me, that's what balance is all about, is really coming at peace with yourself in a way that God created you personally to be, to find that balance that's, that's against the norm of what society tells us balance should be, but really defining it for yourself. Yeah, I don't really look at balance. I look at more goal orientation. So what is my goal with my marriage right now? What's my goal with my children? What is my goal with my business? And hitting attainable goals, well, usually mine are big, hairy, audacious goals, but really striving for excellence in all of those areas, which looks different in different seasons of life. Like in the summer, I do a lot of parenting in the summer, and I don't really have as many business goals in the summer. But now that we're into September and the fall, like my business goals are huge, and my kids are off to school. And so my parenting goals are way reduced. Yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more. In fact, that's exactly how we define balance here at Your Life Rocks. 
is by setting and moving towards goals, not just setting goals, but actually moving towards those goals in eight different areas of life. So I love, I love that that's kind of your perspective as well. Yeah, thanks. So I know one of the things that can get in the way of a lot of people when they're trying to create this balance for themselves is kind of that physical organized space that we live in. Because I know that there's a lot of obstacles, speaking for myself, that can come up when things are chaotic around me and it can really keep me from reaching my goals, whether it's goals for my career or my marriage or how I am as a parent. All of those can really be derailed when life is just chaotic around me. And we have a free course here called Weekly Success Planning that's really about removing those obstacles from reaching your goals on a Sunday. So a lot of calendar management, a lot of planning. However, we don't address paper in there. And paper literally is the vein of my existence (laughs) between mail and what comes home in the backpacks and just stuff. Like what do you keep? What do you not to keep? And one of the things I loved listening to your podcast. So listeners, if you have not yet heard Lisa's podcast, I highly encourage that you do so. 365, is it organizing or organization? Organize 365. Organize 365. I am a subscriber, so I just automatically have it. So (laughs) I think everyone should subscribe to it as well. But you've really helped me out with a lot of systems. And I know you are here today to talk to all of us about those systems. And you have a great Sunday practice as well. So tell us a little bit about your Sunday basket. Yes. So I started doing the Sunday basket out of desperation when my kids were six months and two years old. It happened to be a Sunday night at eight o'clock at night. And both the kids and my husband had gone to bed and I had energy, which was unusual. And I was determined. I was an organized person. I had been a teacher. I was doing great in this direct sales business. And I just was not organized. My bills were being paid late, not because we didn't have the money, but because I didn't know where the bill was or which bill was supposed to be paid next. And life was just moving faster than I could keep up with it. So I was like, how can I get a handle on this stack of paper? And for most people, paper is like kryptonite. Like it is the one thing that will take a strong woman down is just give her a stack of paper. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm melting. (laughs) So (laughs) I had like a 12 inch stack of paper on the end of my kitchen counter. It was beautiful. It was in this nice, neat pile, but I did not know what was in there. So I took this 12 inches of paper and I spread it out on my family room floor and it ended up being 40 distinct piles of actionable to-dos. Some were bills to pay, some were forms to file, some were orders to place, you know, all these different things that I had to do. And I found that the small pile that needed to be filed, that was easy. You could take that down and just leave it by the filing cabinet. Don't even file it. But what about the 39 piles of things that had to be done? A, I couldn't get all of that done in one week. And B, I wasn't going to just stack it back up in the pile again because that was the problem to begin with. So I had been a teacher and I had these things that I call slash pockets. They're the plastic inserts that go in your binders that have tabs on them. You know, like you can get them in five tabs or eight tabs. Avery is the biggest brand that sells them and they're like pastel colored or rainbow colored tabs. They're not all the same color. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, good. So I grabbed a bunch of these slash pockets and I put all 39 items into their own slash pocket. What I love about slash pockets are they're not file folders. You can see through them, but they have sides on them. So you can put little tiny pieces of paper in there like post-it notes or gift cards or whatever aren't going to fall out of the pockets. And when you get really excited, like a couple of times a year, you can get out your label maker and label them like bills, orders to place, orders to fill, whatever. So I had these slash pockets. Well, the next day on Monday, I was able at nap time to go grab a slash pocket and do what was in the slash pocket during my son's whopping 15-minute nap that he always took. 
in the past, I couldn't even find anything in the pile to do because I was just sorting papers all the time. So that was the start of the Sunday basket. I got all of my actionable papers in one basket, divided out by how I needed to do them. Did it need to be put on the computer? Did I need my checkbook? Did I need to go run an errand? How did I need to do them? And that's how I divided it out. So that was the start of the Sunday basket. I love that. So when you talk about really dividing it out based on what it is that you had to do, did you take into consideration like how much time it would take to do different things, like things that might have to be researched or looked into a little bit more versus like a quick phone call bill pay? Not in the beginning. In the beginning, I just divided out the pockets. Then as you get used to using your Sunday basket, which usually takes about six weeks or so, you'll start to get in a flow. And what I find is I spend anywhere from an hour to three hours on a weekend doing my Sunday basket activities, going through and doing a lot of those activities. And then I have a work basket also, which is where a lot of that research is going to end up. So I'll have a podcast slash pocket. That's where that research would go into. And then I have to chunk out time on my calendar to go through that podcast folder each week, you know, three to four hours a week for my podcast. Got it. Okay. And then you just kind of schedule that in. Now, do you do that to schedule in for all of the slash buckets? Or is it just kind of like, okay, I've got 15 minutes here. Let me grab one and get to work. Like yeah, so when, I, when I started, it was 15 minutes here. Let's get to work. Then I quickly realized that I was never going to get through the amount of work I had. And so I hired a nanny one day a week on Wednesdays from 10 in the morning until 8 at night or 8 in the morning until 10. I can't remember. It was 10 hours. She was here 10 hours. must have been 8 to 6. And so then I would spend that 10 hours getting as much done as I could humanly get done in my business on Thursdays. And I would do the same thing on Sundays for home. So my Sunday basket is only my home-related activities. Anything for my husband, my kids, my house, our shopping, that kind of stuff. There's no work in my Sunday basket anymore. And I really do spend a lot of Sunday just taking care of the household and that Sunday basket because ladies, I don't know if you know this, but it's 28 hours a week that the average person spends on maintaining their home. And that's not including kids. That's That's incredible. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a, I don't know, somebody did the study, not me, like some big organization did the study. So that's cooking, cleaning, grocery shopping, yard maintenance, all of that stuff is 28 hours a week. So if you feel like you don't have time and you have a job and you have a house and you have kids, you don't, you don't have time because right there, that's three, at least part-time or full-time jobs. Totally. And I can just imagine the faces right now of the working moms that are listening to this as they're commuting to work, feeling overwhelmed that their house is like completely not taken care of and completely unorganized saying, yep, that's exactly why. It's 28 hours a week that I do not have. It's a Pew Research Institute. Pew Research Institute does that. And it repeatedly does that study over and over and over again. And it used to be like in the 50s and 60s, like 26 of those hours were done by the woman in the house and two hours were done by the man. And it's getting more even. I think it's like 18 hours is the woman right now and 10 hours is the man on average in the United States. But it's still 28 hours a week. That's incredible. And I know everyone has different marriage relationships. I know for me, my husband was a stay-at-home dad for many, many years. And so he did the bulk of that kind of thing. And whatever he didn't want to do, we just hired out. But I know a lot of women, like their husband is also working and a lot of that just falls on their shoulders. That's a lot of Or just doesn't get done. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. So how did you go from realizing I cannot get all of this done? Because obviously you've probably found a system in order to get it done for yourself. What was kind of that aha moment for you that allowed that, that tipping point from not getting things done and overwhelmed to actually completing some of those tasks? So one of the beauties of the Sunday Basket is it is a 
proactive procrastination mechanism. By Wednesday, I almost always am going to the mailbox, picking up the mail, walking in the house and dumping it right in the Sunday basket. I'm not even opening it up and I'm not even pulling out the things that are just recycled versus actual mail. I don't have that kind of time. So the Sunday basket is the place where when a kid brings a paper home to you, you go to the mailbox, you print an email off of your computer, you write yourself a note on a note card, and you know that that task or that request or that idea can wait until Sunday. You make it wait until Sunday. You go put it in the Sunday basket and you make it wait there. And my Sunday basket is 50% notes to myself, things I might want to do, books I might want to read, podcasts I might want to record. And then on Sunday, I empty out that whole basket and I start with an empty basket in front of me and I touch every slash pocket and every piece of paper and all the mail I've put in there. And that's when I make the decision. Is this something I'm going to do ever? If no, I get rid of it. Am I going to do it this week? Then it stays in a pile in front of me. Can it wait until next Sunday? It goes back in the Sunday basket. And what you'll notice is those things come over and over and over again out of the Sunday basket. And by week four or five, you go, you know what? I'm just not going to do this. Ooh, that is so good. That is so good. Mm-hmm. So you can just like throw it away and release it. Now, yeah. so a couple questions on that. So just for pure structural support, we're talking like a literal basket. Is it just yeah. sit on your like your kitchen counter? Yes. You want one that you love and matches your kitchen decor. It can be a box, a bag, a basket. I don't care where you get it, but it needs to be in your kitchen, not somewhere else. And it needs to be portable. So if you're going to the ball field, you can take it with you. Or if you are going to a doctor's office, you're going to be there for an hour. You could take your Sunday basket and sort it while you're at the doctor's office. I've done that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. Okay, good. So structure number one is to get a pretty basket that you love, put it on your kitchen counter. And then when you're talking about just touching all of that paper that comes in every week, it Like literally, you just touch it, deposit it, and that's it until Sunday. Yeah, because as women, the other thing, the uncalculated cost out there, I haven't found any statistics for it yet. It's that when you write down on a piece of paper that you need to mail a check to so-and-so, even though you write it on that piece of paper, if you don't have a good follow-up system, then you're constantly remembering, oh yeah, I got to write a check to so-and-so. And And you write yourself another note. (laughs) And when you get around to doing it, you'll find like three notes to yourself about writing a check to so-and-so because you didn't want to forget. And so your brain is not able to get rid of that task because they're not really sure that you're going to remember to do it. So you are constantly trying to hold in your head all of these actionable to-dos. When you have a Sunday basket that you do every single Sunday, like you already said, you have a whole system for people to do on Sunday. They just add this right in then when you write that note on there and you put it in the Sunday basket and it comes back up in your mind, you say to yourself, that's in the Sunday basket and you move on. There's no stress. There's no wondering where that piece of paper went. There's no, did I send that already? Did I already send that check? So good. So good. All right. So another question that I have about this piece here, and this is honestly like when it comes to my parenting, the thing that stresses me out, probably I would say number two, (laughs) Um, but it's missing stuff that's happening at school. Because when Mm -hmm. you're trying to balance so many other things, then you feel like that mom guilt when you find that piece of paper that was like, oh, this was due yesterday or two weeks ago or whatever. And then now your kid has missed out or you've missed out on something because of that. So when you're kind of weekly going through all of that paper, when the papers come home in the backpack, that like tree sized stack of paper, yes. do you go through that really quickly just to make sure you're not missing something that's like, hey, this is happening tomorrow? Or do you do the Sunday practice with that too? Like it all just goes in the basket and you'll review it on Sunday. No, I definitely do look at those. I don't just throw those in the basket. And now that my kids are in high school, I have to constantly be checking online because they don't even send the paper home. 
it can be worse. It's worse when they don't send the paper home. Let me just tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So if I can do for the kids, if they bring it in, if I could sign it and send it right back with them, I do that. That is the easiest way to get it back to them also. And they're going to school the next day. So that works really well. For the reminders, like you'll have, they're having a field trip and then they're selling tickets for something and then they're having popcorn day and all these different flyers you get for all these different things that they're doing. I use a magnet on the refrigerator, one for each kid. And then I put all of those flyers in order of occurrence. So the next one to happen is on the top. And the one that will happen the furthest away is the last one in the stack. So they're chronological on that clip. And then on your refrigerator, you see, I have two kids. So I would see two clips and I would look at it and it would say, you know, popcorn day and field trip, but that's two weeks from now. Nothing is today. I move on. So when I'm getting my coffee, I'm always scanning those two clips. And when I see that that date is coming up, then that's how I remember to send the packed lunch for the field trip or whatever, because that's the most recent piece on top of that clip. But I'm not looking at all of the things that are happening after that because I don't need to know that information yet. That is brilliant. (laughs) I'm totally going to be stealing that because right now I've got like a big pegboard in our dining room and it's kind of sectioned off with stuff for me and my husband and then one section for each one of my kids for all of that stuff. But it gets so chaotic. But I love having that in a clip so you can just see what's important at once. And you only want to see the next actionable event because if you're looking at five pieces of paper for each child, your brain is trying to constantly go, okay, well, have I sent in the permission slip for that? Well, what are we doing on that day? Well, am I going to go to that with them? Or what are they doing on that day? If it's just the kids, their stack, and you can only see the next event, then you don't have to worry about all of those other papers. You only want to see the most recent one, the one that is happening next. Brilliant. That is so, so brilliant. So, okay, we've talked a little bit about guilt and the things that don't get done. And I'm loving this system because I think it will help negate a lot of that guilt that comes up. But what about the stuff that you have to make that decision that it goes back into the Sunday basket until next week? Because you just really don't have time. Have you ever had experience or heard from other people that feel guilty? Like I'm talking about the A-type personalities like myself and a lot of our listeners that just don't like to leave things undone. Was that like a process for you that changed over time or is it just part of life, something we have to deal with? Yeah, I think it's coming to terms with the fact that you are a human and our humanity (laughs) and we can't always do everything that's in our mind. A lot of the things, almost all of the things that end up getting thrown out of my basket are not done. Our business ideas I have, our plans I want to do for my business or projects that I want to create. And just in this time of life, I don't have that much time. I either need to delegate out more of my household responsibilities or hire another team manager in order to add that onto my plate. And it just may not be something that is financially and time bound possible at this time. Like I would like to have a TV show. I would like to travel the United States and do a book tour. I I mean, these are things that I would love to do, but they aren't even in my Sunday basket anymore because it's just not the right time for our family and really for where I am in my career for those things. They may come back around later, but I'm not doing them now. That's good. Thank you for helping us realize we're not all like superhuman, (laughs) that we're actually mortal. Sometimes that's a hard truth to swallow. Really? It really is. It really is. But I appreciate that because it is really, I think, sometimes about having those realistic expectations. I always say stress is that tension between the reality and your expectation. And sometimes we can dream up these huge expectations of what we're supposed to be doing. Yes. And sometimes we just have to learn to let that go. Yes, I totally agree. Like, I know I spent part of a few years resenting my kids (laughs) because they took so much time. 
And my business was starting to take off and I was enjoying finally, you know, having a business that I loved and was profitable. And I resented the amount of time that the house took, the amount of time that the parenting took, the amount of time that being a wife took, and how come all these men can just go off and they don't even have to take care of their kids. You know, just totally not productive thoughts and unrealistic expectations. And I had to really sit down and think, you know, like, well, if you didn't have your husband and your kids, like, would you really be happier? No. Like, what's the whole point? Where do you want to be 50 years from now? By yourself on a computer still? Like, no. So I had to kind of give myself a check because I listen to all these podcasts and I get all excited about what I could do with my business. But in reality, I am a lot more than my business and my family is important and they deserve to have my attention. And I had to come to grips with that. Absolutely. That's so, so true and so important. I think a lot of women struggle with that, especially women who are you know, career-driven, whether it's in their own business or just climbing the corporate ladder, that that really can become so all-consuming. And that's certainly my story before I started to find more balance for myself. And a lot of it is through systems like this. So I know we talked a little bit about how to kind of work through the week and the papers that you touch and what to do with that, as well as adding it into your weekly routine for your household management. But talk to us about like what we actually need to keep, because this is where I get hung up, where I think, okay, what do I actually need to file versus what I can just throw away? You could throw almost all of it away. (laughs) Seriously, I have a principle called to shred or not to shred that's based on the United States IRS guidelines. But when we as professional organizers, I have a professional organization company, when we go in and we go through people's filing cabinets, we shred or recycle 80%. And if you have a filing cabinet that you probably haven't put anything in for the last couple of years anyway, and you go down there, you can probably shred or recycle 80%. We just don't need any manuals whatsoever. They're all available online. We don't need any bill statements. You don't need your checking account statements. The only financial statements you need, you don't need mutual fund statements. You only need the statements if you own a specific stock. Like we used to own P&G stock. Well, if you buy stock from a company, you need to keep that paperwork because when you sell it, you have to have your cost basis and that's on actual paperwork and P&G doesn't have that online. At least they didn't when we did this five years ago. But if you're not buying individual stock yourself in a company, you're buying a mutual fund, you have a 401k, you don't need that paperwork. You need your will and testament. You need your last seven years of tax returns and your birth certificate. I mean, you just really don't need almost everything that you're keeping in that filing cabinet. But it is a comfort level of getting rid of stuff, researching it, realizing you don't need it, and then letting it go. And the easiest way to tell what you don't need is, if you want that information, how would you go find it? Like, if I want any information about my bank, I'm logging on to my online portal. I'm not going into a filing cabinet. If I wanted to know about you know, my cable bill, I'm going to log into the online payment. I'm not going to go to a bill. Same with my insurance. You can find almost all of your manuals online. So before you shred and recycle your paper, just think, if I want this information in the future, how will I get it? Almost always, you're going to be getting it online. That's incredible. So there's really not much need for (laughs) so much of these pounds of paper (laughs) that I have been lugging around for years and years. So like my kids, I do have uh, these binders that I take to my kids' doctor and IEP meetings. They both have IEPs, which are individual education plans for their special needs and their medical diagnoses. I do have a physical binder, which is really intimidating for school districts and almost as effective as a lawyer, in case you're wondering how to save money. 
So you just walk in with a binder. It doesn't even have to have the information. It just say, yeah, this is all my paperwork. They'll they'll give you what you want. That's an incredible <laughs> tip. Thank you for that. <laughs> but I have like their um, standardized tests in there, any medical tests that substantiate any of their diagnoses, letters from doctors are in there, their report cards, their IEPs, and then anecdotal notes that I've been writing over the last 18 years from their doctors. And I go through those binders every summer and call them, rewrite my notes and keep an ongoing like diary for their needs. That has been very, very helpful. That is paperwork that I use. So if you're using paperwork, that's fine. If I had all that filed in the basement and I was never going to touch it, then it wouldn't be worth anything. My goal in 2018 is actually to get rid of my files and just get down to like five or six binders of paperwork that I actually use and either scan or just totally get rid of everything. I really just don't use files anymore. I love that you say that because one of my favorite episodes that you did was about like the school papers because I literally, Mm. Lisa, like (laughs) we have moved so many times and like completely purged, like sold everything we owned and moved because we're spontaneous like that. But every move, we take the bins. (laughs) The (laughs) The, bins of kids artwork. The bins of kids artwork and spelling tests and write like it's ridiculous how much stuff is in there. But here's the thing. You have these bins because you love your kids and you love the creations they've made. But did you make the binders? So I have bought the binders and I've bought bought the screen protectors and I've got all of that. I'm waiting for them to go back to school. So I have like a little bit of time where I can do the project. And I thought about doing it with them. But honestly, I want to throw away some of the stuff. And I know if they see it, they'll be like, no, 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 no. We have to keep that forever because it has my writing on it. So what Jenny's talking about is going through all the bins of all the artwork and school papers that you've saved from your kids. And I did this when my kids were in fifth and seventh grade. And I got a two inch, this is the binder I like, the Avery Heavy Duty One Touch Binder. I got the exact same one. Best binder ever. Okay, so it's super sturdy and I just love it. So you get that and then like 200 page protectors and you go through your kids' work and you save the best. So you save any time they use their little handprint to make a turkey, first time they wrote their name, all of the stories that they've written. You can have all of the stories, any of the art that was not teacher directed where all the kids made the same thing, but your child actually made something that had their own flair to it. And you fill this two-inch binder. It's plenty. You don't need to save more than that. Then you will be shocked. When you give this binder to your kids or you show this to your kids, I would do it one at a time and sit down with them and watch their face as they flip through their own artwork. It does not even have to be chronological. Do not worry about having it be chronological. They will love it. They will feel great. And they will start telling you stories of when they created these pieces at school that you don't know the stories to. Like they'll say, oh, I like this. And my son actually said, I don't like this. Take this out. So like there's something I had to remove. (laughs) But when I did this, the kids looked at those books probably four or five times that first year. And just the the sense of pride and self-esteem that they get from looking at their own work, number one. Number two, now it's all nice, neat, organized on the bookshelf with all the other photos. And you don't have all those bins of paperwork. What is the purpose of saving this stuff if we aren't going to enjoy it? If you can't open up the binder and flip through it, Bins of artwork are stress. They are reminders that you haven't done anything with this. You haven't organized it. But a binder on a shelf that you pull out is, oh, wow, let's take a look at what you made or let's add a couple pieces this year that you want to add to your binder. I love that. And even, you know, like right now, my oldest is going into middle school. So I'm kind of going through that mom emotion roller coaster of my babies are growing up and what happened. And so to have something like that where you can flip through and just reminisce on their littleness, I think is the most precious part of that whole process for me. 
Yeah. And that is a great age to be doing it. Actually, you know, if you do it when they're in kindergarten, you're going to say, you're going to have a whole binder of preschool. Um, (laughs) But as they're moving into that middle school, that's about when all of the papers stop coming home also. Like I get sometimes a CD or PowerPoint presentation, but not much gets added into these binders. This is also where you add all the certificates they get, all the ribbons, you take pictures of their trophies, just put it all in a simple binder. They will love it. I love this. I love all of these tips that you're sharing with us, Lisa. So let's just recap some of the things that you shared with us today. So number one is really understanding how to touch your paper weekly and move it so that you don't have that paper overwhelm, which creeps in, I think, for all of us, at least I'm speaking for myself. Like it's my number one vein of my existence is all the paper in my life. So that's step number one. So touch it, put it in your pretty basket that's on your kitchen counter and don't touch it again until Sunday when you have really created that weekly routine, which is the tip number two that you have for us is really integrating this basket into your weekly routine where you're going through all of those papers, putting it in the folders. What do you call those folders again? I call them slash pockets. Slash pockets. So those clear pockets that kind of fit into a binder or for me, I have kind of a accordion file that I've been using. And I think that that has been working well for me. But have that into your weekly routine where you're able to go through and really assign what needs to be done, what action needs to be taken for those papers. And then number three is learning what papers you need to keep, what to let go of, and how to store it all. Lisa, this was really, really incredible. All of this great wisdom that you shared so generously with us today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Now, because this is all about helping working Christian moms create more balance in their life, we really like to have the Word of God in every single one of our episodes. So what Bible verse do you have to share with us today? It's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I love that verse. Amen to that. I think that's one of those life verses that we all cling on to in many ways. So Lisa, we've talked about your podcast. Share with us again how people can connect with you, learn more about you, learn more about the Sunday Basket, because I know you have some great resources around that as well. So my blog is Organize365.com, but because the Sunday Basket has become such a thing, I gave it its own website this summer. So thesundaybasket.com is its own website. It just has a few pages where you can learn the Sunday Basket system for free. You can sign up for a $30 virtual class where I walk you through creating your first Sunday Basket and actually physically going through your papers with me. Or you can go to one of the new Sunday Basket licensees in-person Sunday Basket classes. We have 24 locations in the United States and Canada, girls who are professional organizers who want to help you get your paperwork organized. And all of their workshops are available on the website as well. Fantastic, you guys. I really hope that you go and you check out everything Lisa has to offer. Subscribe to her podcast. It's amazing. And I know it'll help bring a lot of sanity to your life. It has certainly helped with me and my own sanity around organization. So make sure you check it out. Subscribe. Thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on. It was such a pleasure having you. Thank you, Jenny. This was awesome. You guys, seriously, since I have found Lisa's podcast, since I've been following her tips, and even since my interview with her, I've been able to implement some incredible systems into my life. And I'm gonna be sharing them over on Instagram all this week in Instagram stories. So make sure you follow me at your.life.rocks over on Instagram, and I'll be sharing them there, as well as in our Facebook community. So you can just search Your Life Rocks community in Facebook, or just go to our Facebook page, and it links right to our free community right there.
And now if you've already taken our free course, Weekly Success Planning, I would love to hear from you on how you are integrating the Sunday Basket from Lisa in with the course. Now I started this a couple weeks ago and it has been such a game changer for me. In fact, I'm gonna be buying a new basket for myself this week because this is a process that I'm committed to following through on. Just like I do with my weekly planning, just like I do with my daily planning, my morning routines, all of those systems help me stay balanced in my life. And if you're looking for some of those systems for yourself, if you're looking to create more balance in your life, you can learn all about the Life Balance System inside lifebalancemembership.com. In fact, I think it's so valuable, some of the systems in there. I'm gonna let you try it for free for seven days so you can get a chance to look around, see the courses, see the resources, see all of the libraries of information, of tools to help you create more balance in your life. You can start your free seven-day membership by going to lifebalancemembership.com. And if you're interested in getting the free Sunday planning course, you can go to weeklysuccessplanning.com and you can start to implement those tools right away. Make sure you hit subscribe so we can hang out next week. We have some great guests lined up for you as well as episode 100 is coming up so fast and all kinds of new exciting things I cannot wait to share with you. So until next week, keep building a life that rocks. Bye.